Homestyle Green, episode 152. How do you choose the perfect LED light for your place? G'day, welcome back to another episode of Homestyle Green. I'm the host of the show, Matthew Cutler-Welsh, and this is the podcast dedicated to inspiring people to make a better place to live. This week we're talking LED lighting, uh, that is light-emitting diode. It's come a long way in the last few years and it's kind of overtaken other options like halogens and even CFLs. But choosing the right LED light is pretty complicated. It's a lot more involved than just selecting uh, the old 75 or 100 watt bulb like you used to. Now there's things like CRI and color temperature and IP rating and power factor and lux and lumens and the list goes on. So I've been um, guilty, I guess, of opting for a a cheap-ish option and I've got a few of those in my uh, house at the moment. It seemed that a $40 option for a light was maybe better than an $80 option, but I just didn't know what the difference would be. How how can there be such a range of, of price? So I talked to the guys at Switch Lighting. Now, Switch Lighting is a uh, Nelson-based company, and they're only one of the few manufacturers who actually make LED fittings here in New Zealand. And they've grown a lot in the last few years, and they sort of at the top end of quality. And I was really wanting to know from them what makes it a good LED light and what are the types of things that you need to look for or ask for when you're specifying these or choosing uh, to upgrade or to install LED lighting. And it was quite a fascinating uh, demonstration actually because David Monsor, who's one of their reps, came and demonstrated some of the fine examples of lights at my home here. And I'm actually going to install some of these in my place, so I'll be able to report back and see how they go and how they compare to some of those cheaper ones that I did purchase previously. Uh, Before we get into the interview, just a quick thanks to ProClimber, who are the sponsors of the show. They make this possible. You can check them out at proclimber.co.nz or proclimber.com. For all of your air tightness needs, and you do need to have an airtight building if you're going to have any chance of having a decent performing building, and that's what we're all about here. So definitely need to talk to those guys for your renovation, for your new home, or for your design. Check them out, proclimate.com or proclimate.co.nz. All right, let's get into my interview here with David Mortsall from Switch Lighting. So what I've got in front of me is a, a, a group of, a selection of lights, um, six lights, each has a different beam angle, each has a different colour temperature or colour rendering, um, just to really demonstrate um, why, for instance, one sort of beam angle would be more desirable in the kitchen or an open plan living space, why another beam angle might be better in a kitchen. Uh, in, in a in a, a lounge room um, or a bedroom, um, and colour rendering, which of course I can't demonstrate because it's a <laughs> it's a recording. But yeah. uh, so what I'll do is I'll just go through and. and so you mentioned the temperature. So two things: the the beam angle, which I think people can understand that. Yeah. 
the angle we have a spotlight or a broad yeah broad light well, well a beam angle for instance if you if you go into one of your big box um, shops and you, you you look at a halogen bulb if they're still selling them you'll see a beam angle written on it yeah well with LED it's exactly the same if you've got what's called a focused um, light it yeah. means it has a defined beam angle now it's a little more complicated than that and that uh, if for instance I'll demonstrate to you a 60 degree beam angle well that's not exactly 60 degrees. It actually the beam angle falls beyond that, but the half strength beam angle is right. 60 degrees. Because it doesn't get immediately dark outside. No, it doesn't. Cone. Exactly. It, it sort of blends out. So if, for instance, you take a reading with a lux meter, a light meter, at the very centre of that beam, and then you move your light meter out at the 60 degree point the light intensity will be half what it was at the right. centre, and that's called the half-strength beam angle. Right. It becomes quite relevant in, in, in kitchen situations because yep. you've got um, a light above a counter and you want more of the light to fall on the counter than the surrounding environment. Right. And so, for instance, you have a light which is... Um, uh, 700 lumens, as they, yep. they call them now. So that's the that's the amount of light that that um, it, that that light produces. By by say restricting it to a 40 degree beam angle, those 700 lumens are falling in a tighter radius. Right, so there's more of that light, more light on the countertop. Right, and a and a typical sort of lighting designer would say they would prefer more light on a countertop in a kitchen than on the floor in the kitchen. Right, and so. That's a sort of a, a snapshot of where you would would like to use it. And, yeah, and then um, for other parts of the house, is well, it, is it more suitable to have a, a wider uh, angle? Often it can be, but then you go, you then you start looking at um, at glare factor. Uh -huh. Now, with a sixty degree beam angle, if you're a couple of meters away from from that from that light. Um, you, you'll have less glare than, for instance, a light with a 110 degree beam angle. Right. In fact, a lot, a lot of lights um, are nearly 180 degrees, so they throw a lot right. of light everywhere. Uh -huh. So, as a general light in a bedroom, that's actually not such a bad thing because you open up your cupboard doors and you get a bit of light into your cupboards right. and into your wardrobes. But uh, in an open plan space, a living space, um, you have to be careful um, that it doesn't create glare. For instance, you're sitting down yep. and, and you're looking at your television. The last thing you want is to have, have glare from a yeah, wide-angle sure. lens. Sure, Okay. Um, so that's... So that's angle. That's the beam angle. And, then, and so the other big one is, is temperature, and that's... Yeah. Well, we're not talking about like how hot it is to touch. Are we talking about... Colour temperature. Colour temperature. Yeah, so exactly. temperature and light is used to describe... Well, in modern lights, because we never used to worry about temperature, did we, when we were bought Not really. Bulbs. Incandescent bulbs, because of the fact that they were a burning filament, tended to be around what they call 2,700 Kelvin. Right. So that's the... That's that's how they describe the colour temperature. Um, and that's that warm, warm yellowish colour. Yeah. Glow. If you light a candle, that's about 2,000 Kelvin. Right. If you turn a halogen light on, um, which is the, the successor of the old traditional incandescent yep. bulb, that's about 3,000 Kelvin. Right. So a lot of people aesthetically really enjoy the 2,700 Kelvin um, mm -hmm. lights. They're used to them. They're used to it. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a so when I remember when the first CFLs came out, and a lot of people complain they're ugly because they looked blue and cold. Mm. Is that that's a different temperature? 
Potentially, yes, but there could be another factor um, involved in that. But yes, the, the compact fluorescents, when they came, especially the, the what do you call them? The mini the comp- yeah, the compact spiral ones, yeah. The, they tended to be uh, of a colour temperature between 3,500 and 4,000 Kelvin. Right. They tended to be cooler in colour temperature, but. So the higher the, that number, the. The cooler it is. Cooler. There's an example. You walk, walk into your typical supermarket, and it would be a minimum of 4,000 Kelvin. Right. Uh, is that could, bright? Could, it could be as near as, as 5,000 as well, yeah, and right. even possibly six in some cases. But Right. Um, if you walk into an office building, mm-hmm. uh, or, or you're behind a desk and you've got your... your um, fluorescent lighting in an office building, that tends to be around 4,000 Kelvin. Right, okay. Uh, residential has traditionally been 3,000 Kelvin to 2,700 Kelvin. Yeah. Uh, kitchens were often 3,000 Kelvin because they often had the halogen lighting in them, whereas the rest of the house might not have had halogen lighting. It might have had the old incandescent bulbs. Yeah. 2,700 yeah. K. And so when you're looking at all this... Um, the warmer the colour temperature, um, the nicer it is in, for instance, a bedroom. So yep. there's a lot of lighting designers who would specify 2,700 Kelvin in a bedroom. Yeah. So that they're sort of warmer, warm, yellower. Yeah, almost glow. a sunset. Right, yeah. It, it, you, you see 2,700 and you go, oh, yes, bedtime. Yeah. It triggers a response. Yeah. I've heard it likened to, like you say, a candle, but also... Obviously, a fire or a campfire, something like that. Exactly. Kind of yellow kind of. That's the 2,700 yeah. So now with LEDs, we we got more choice in in that range, or where are we at with those? Um, now? Well, you've got you've got. A, I, I mean, they're trying to recreate what the incandescent bulb did, but they're trying to recreate it artificially by putting different types of phosphors over the over the um, the, the the diodes which yep. are built into them. Yep. Now, if that's done really really well. You're mimicking an incandescent or a halogen absolutely perfectly. I mean, it's truly amazing. You cannot tell the difference. Yeah. That is with the good chips, with the good LED um, chips or the good components, mostly from Japan. Um, so you mentioned diode there, and that is, that's the D part of LED. Is that yes, correct? Yes. Do, do people need to really worry about how LEDs work and, and how they're different from, a, the, from other lights? I, no, it, it, I mean, it's an incredibly involved process. Right. Um, but more and more involved than just a curly piece of wire heating up. Yes, very much so. Incandescent yes, yes. So we've got temperature and angle, but those things that I've seen displayed on boxes, but I still can't tell what makes a good LED light uh, and light fitting versus um, a not so good one. What, what are the other well, factors the, that need to? The other factor is CRI. Um, CRI. Color rendering index. Mm-hmm. Now, with a with a halogen, um, uh, the color rendering index, the CRI of a halogen light is a hundred, or you could call it a hundred percent. It's perfect. Right. Uh, for an artificial light, the CRI of um, a typical um, middle of the road. Um, uh, LED would be 80 right. or less yeah. um, and sometimes you can I mean I, I won't start talking about 
some of the numbers written on some boxes and not being quite accurate, but basically when you get a CRI of less than 80, 80 or less, you're starting to, it's starting to impact on your colours of your decor, right. how that artificial light at night time portrays the colours in your environment. So this is different from the temperature? Yes, of entirely the different. It, it's a, it's totally a, exclusive of that. It's how the, the chip renders uh, different, color, different bandwidths yes. in, the, in the spectrum? Exactly that. Right. So the higher that number, the better, and it's yes. going to be as... Is it going to... What would be the highest possible for an LED? Well, we've, we've currently got products which are um, in our art... We call it our art series, yep. um, which are 97 CRI. Wow. Uh, interestingly, I mean, we, we rate them as 97 CRI, um, testing them. Um, they're as high as 98 CRI. Right. Now, CRI is another one that doesn't tell the whole story. Because if you look at if you if you if you look at um, color, the color rendering index is sort of based on eight hues or mm-hmm. eight tones. Um, there's a better index which is based on fifteen tones. Right. Um, and then there's another one which is just being talked about, which is based on a hundred hues or hundred wow. tones. Um, so so that um, but CRI is a good bog standard way of. Um, um, indicating if the chip is half decent or not. Right. Um, right. So, so until a better system is 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 available, and we believe that there are a couple of better systems. Yeah. Um, just look at CRI. So you mentioned there the fact that there's a number, but then also confidence whether that number is correct. Is that an issue? In the market at the moment, where it is, uh, is that a compliance issue or a there are a, there are a lot of cowboys out there, yeah, in the New Zealand and Australian market in particular. So, what are the rules that they have? Uh, what's I mean, they have to have the designation around insulation. Well, I suppose I suppose any other rules would be part of the Consumer Guarantees Act, wouldn't they? Right. You know, you're, you're you're accurately representing your product. Yeah. Um, Yes, there's certainly rules about insulation, yep. um, and um, are they strictly governed? Well, um, far be it for me to comment on that. Right, right. So it's a bit of a wild west still for the poor old consumer at the moment. It is. So, um, armed with that information, the, the angles, lights, uh, sorry, temperature, uh, the CRI, um, how else? How else can someone well see a, a good light from it? Currently, um, electricians, uh, as an example, will have it. Will give you a good indication uh, that that deal, they're working with lights all the time. Mm-hmm. So if an electrician says, "Don't touch this product," yeah, um, there's a good, often a good reason why. Yeah. So definitely ask your electrician, right? right? Because I mean, they're at the coal face. They see what's going on. So would you recommend? If someone's looking for these are these examples you've got here, downlights or downlight replacements, would you recommend going to an electrician rather than shopping yourself for those at a hardware store? Often, yes, absolutely, uh, because the electrician will also know what's involved in terms of the insulation that you've got. Yeah. Um, whether that insulation is actually compliant with the new downlight standards. Right. Yeah. Because. Uh, uh, a consumer could purchase a product which is IC or insulation yep. coverable, but they don't realise that the insulation that they got might not be compliant. It might be um, it might be a blown in type insulation right. or, or the old insulflux. Because some of those designations around insulation is dependent on the Insula- type of insulation and the temperature that they can handle. If, and, and 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 I mean. Uh, 
the insulation companies, uh, if you're in doubt and you've got, say, modern insulation, you phone that company and you say, can I see your needle flame test report? Right. And the needle flame test report, if they pass that, then you know that it's an IC um, rateable, uh, well, it's, it's an insulation that can go over an IC rated right. downlight. Right. If they don't have a needle flame test report, yeah. or if they're unwilling to provide it, that sort of means that they, they don't have that test right. report. Right, right. Um, and therefore, you you end up back at square one, whereby you have to cut a four hundred and fifty millimeter hole around every downline. Yeah, and that's not yeah. much point having an insulation. So, and and that's a quite a big issue. Yeah, um, the insulation companies are all quite anxious about it because, um, um, uh, partly miscommunications between different bodies, but. Um, there's there's quite a, there's a lot of um, good insulation out there that has got needle flame test reports. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so that's the insulation rating. So, um, ask your ask your electrician for their recommendation yeah. on on what's a good product and, and what's not. Yeah. Um, what about um, length of life? That seems, oh, seems to be a lot made about. Yeah. How many hours? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well. You, you have to see, it's not that you need to see the data validating the length of life, but you have to at least see what it's gauged by. Yeah. Simply, um, and a lot, of, a lot of people importing from China, for instance, uh, are writing amazing claims on their boxes, but they're backed up with nothing. Right. Um, they, they'll say lifetime 30,000 hours. Lifetime to what? Lifetime till it blows up? Lifetime till it's 50% light output? Lifetime to what? You've got to right. So it's not just going to necessarily go, 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 and then stop like an incandescent? No, they tend not to, unless the, unless the driver blows up, in which case they do. Right. When I say blow up, I mean stop working. Yep. Um, because, so, in, in terms of the Lumineer, um, if you see a Lumineer, say, 50,000 hours L70 written after it, well, at least you know that's lifetime to 70%. Right. Okay, right. so the L70, I mean, that's like an international standard. Yep. Uh, it has obviously, well, it should have been tested to that standard at least, or the chip. Yep. So at least you've got, got some basis to the claim. If yep. it just says 50,000 hours lifetime, that means nothing. Right. So dig a little... So you little dig, deeper. yeah. You've got to have L70. Yeah. Or, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or there's an L50 around. Um, um, and what are those typically? I mean, it's pretty hard to visualise what thirty thousand hours looks like. Uh, well, if you <laughs> take that, 50, fifty hours in a commercial situation is about eight, more than eight years, twenty four seven. Right. So, uh, in a house situation, it's decades. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. <laughs> Potentially. You're probably going to upgrade your uh, decor in yeah. that time. <laughs> but degradation also takes place often when, when the lights are switched off because of the heat in, a, in, a, right. in an attic space yeah. or the environment yeah. or, you know, if it's a marine coastal or, or a lot of humidity. So um, warranty, like, for instance, we, we, we offer a five-year warranty on the Luminaire and the five-year on the driver or a seven-year in our premium range, seven years and five years. Right. Um, that's that's our way of, you know, putting our flag in the sand and saying, you know, this is how long we, we warrant our product. That's for. pretty substantial. So five yeah. years, if anything goes wrong, then yeah, it's you, a absolutely. replacement. Absolutely. That's very cool. Or, or a rectification of it. Yeah, I, yeah. And unfortunately, we get very few warranty claims um, yeah. simply because of the standard of our manufacturing. 
I mean, that's quite a big uh, confidence boost for the consumer because if they put a light in and know mm. they're not going to have to mm. have any problems or if they do have any problems inside five or even seven years, yes. it's going to be fixed. That's a yeah. long time between yes, it is. changing light bulbs. It is. <laughs> Um, and then at that point, you, you look at the company that's offering that. If the company's been in the market yeah. that's well established, then you know they're more than likely going to honour those yeah. warranties. If it's a pop-up shop, like we see numerous in Auckland, yep. um, suddenly is an LED expert on the corner. A lot of fly-by-nighters or... You don't know what, yeah. what they're offering. And another big problem, too, with a lot of the imported products now, if you actually do have a problem... A light fails within you know a few months. It's often sometimes a few weeks, uh, but certainly within say six months, if a light fails, you go back to that shop and you say, "Oh, could you please replace this?" It's you know, "Oh, we we'll replace it, but the light that we're going to replace it with is uh, a different shape." Yeah. Ah, uh, but yeah. my lounge room has got all of these lights. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, we don't import those ones anymore. Right. Yeah. And yeah. there's a lot of products out there. Um, even from some of the larger companies, they're, they're changing the shape or, or of those uh, of those products on quite a regular yeah, basis. Right. This is basically how they can buy them in yep. bulk. Yeah. What's the best deal at the time? So the, that's another thing for people to look out for: is that the yeah. reputableness of the company, yeah. whether how long they've been around, and if they've got uh, a reasonable presence, I guess, to, yes. to service. Yes. A, um, ongoing demands if, if they're required. And and even with these reputable companies, uh, ask your electrician, what do they think? Yeah, what's, yeah. what's their opinion? Yeah. After all, we ask our mechanic what oil to put in the car. Yeah, you know, yeah. Ask your electrician which lights to put in the house. And, so, and, and, give them, and give them a shopping list. Say, hey, I want high CRI because I've got artwork in my house. I, 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 I like floral arrangements or yep. I've got Persian rugs or, or I've got a decor that's just not beige on beige yeah. um, whereby yeah. I actually do want colour yeah, good right. colour rendering so you say that to them and 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 that really can make quite a difference yeah and I guess a good lighting designer as well and they would know that they from know that. That, well a good lighting designer knows a, a hell of a lot more than I do yeah um, so um, what have what have we got here on the on the board well We've got a wide angle light mm -hmm. uh, which shows you what glare is and 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 a very low angled um, or low glare light where, whereby the diode is recessed further. Yep. Um, so that would be good for a kitchen? Yeah, pla or places where you're sitting down um, um, and the lights are on a low ceiling and you don't want glare where you're sitting, uh, but right. you want more directional light. Yep. Like um, a low glare light's very good above um, your favourite reading chair. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and something interesting we, we're discovering about colour rendering um, as well, that CRI, uh, you take an 80 CRI and a 90 CRI or 92 CRI and you, you shine each of them in turn on printed matter like a magazine maybe with a bit of colour font. Mm -hmm. You'll notice that the higher CRI makes the, um, uh, the letter head pop and it actually right. helps in reading. Yeah, right. So it's more than just rendering your decor. It's actually, there's a tangible difference. Right. Another thing with high CRI, um, especially in um, a restricted beam angle or a low clear fitting is, uh, in kitchens, it's wonderful for food presentation. Yeah. You don't get, you don't get the glare, but you get the food absolutely popping with glare. Right. Ah. That's quite. So I've got, so those are the two, the two outside products. One's yep. a low glare, one's a, a, a high glare, but functionally a, 
it'll fill the room with light, yep. but generally. Then we've got a tilt light um, with a, a moderate beam angle, so it's, it's quite low glare, but it tilts for raked ceilings. Oh, um, okay. The beauty of our tilt light is it's a fully sealed tilt light, so there's no heat loss um, between the outer flange and the part which tilts the inner flange. Right. And traditionally with lighting, that's a major cause of heat loss. Yeah. Um, oh, that's one of the biggest gripes that I've got with our incandescent fittings is the amount of oh, yes. air that goes through there. I think uh, Consumer Magazine did a test a number of years ago about that, and, the, uh, and they, they said um, four... four Unsealed downlights in a lounge room halves the R value. Yeah. The, the effectiveness. Yeah, and four would ventilation. be. Four would be a very small number. Very for, much so. For yeah, most um, most houses. So, m most LED um, downlights are sealed, but very few of the tilt downlights are sealed. And yeah. we, we've just gone to the next step in that we don't even have a heat sink. And now coming back to how. The longevity of a chip, the longevity of an LED, is very much governed by how you manage the heat produced by the light. Yep. Uh, the hotter the LED chip runs, the shorter the length of time that it'll last. Right, yeah. So it degrades faster. Yep. And um, it's an exponential curve, really. I mean, the, the, uh, every few degrees cooler you run the actual chip, the the greater the life. Um, so what we're doing, for instance, with a tilt light, which is designed to be covered with insulation, we don't even have a heat sink on the back. It's somewhat like, would you cover your radiator on your car and still expect it to work? If you've got a heat sink with fins on the back and it's going to be covered with insulation, all it's doing is providing, the insulation is providing little hot air pocket around the uh, yeah. around the fins and it renders the it like ineffective. Working. If you look on the back of our products, we tend not to have heat sinks on the back yeah. at all. Yeah. What we've found um, uh, uh, in, in the lab, and we've been doing this now for five years, heat sinking using the, the flange, the right. visible flange and all the exterior material that you see from within the room, making that the heat sink is actually far more beneficial. So is that, is that a bit thicker and heavier than just a thin yeah. flange? That's yeah, it's, it's, that's why we have to make it out of aluminium. I mean, right. we, we powder coat it, yep. um, and the powder coating actually enhances the heat conductivity, which is very strange. I, I haven't worked that one out why, actually. Right. One would think raw aluminium would be better, but evidently not. Right, right. Um, so we powder coat um, we powder coat them for, for whatever colour you want. And you get, you've got black ones there, which so yeah. most people will be familiar with either silver or white. Silver or white, but black is the new silver, it seems. Right. Uh, Black They're quite striking. I mean, they are. good contrast to, yeah. the, to the light, and I can imagine those being quite nice in an art setting or something. Very much so, and uh, in a low glare setting as well. Um, mm. In a low glare range of products with the black there, it's extraordinarily low glare. Yeah. Um, in entertainment industry, like in in, um, in uh, restaurants with dark yeah, decor yeah. and dark yeah. ceilings. Yeah. And also, any timber, right. even even blonde pine, looks nicer with. A black fitting in it than it does with a silver or a brushed, right, right. the, the old-fashioned brushed yeah. chrome or yeah. the white. Yeah. Um, black really, and the architects were spearheading that. Right. Know. Black's black's the new silver. Right. <laughs> oh, good to know. Good to yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. So we we sell um, substantially more black than we would do of silver. White's still the most popular. 
Um, so, and the other thing, these are all similar size. What what size uh, of the hole are these? What, well, for for a, for a new house build, um, um, the smaller the small sizes are eighty to ninety millimeter cutouts, yeah. which fit a light, which is a hundred millimeters in diameter. Right. Um, for retrofit, um, like in your own house, yeah. um, you need uh, potentially it might holes. be a hundred and twenty-five <laughs> cutouts. Yeah. So you're using a larger fitting, and sometimes you have to use an adapter plate, which increases the diameter a bit yeah. more. Yeah. But that just saves you having to do your um, plastering, re-plastering yeah. seating, yeah. which most yeah. people don't like to do. Yeah. Um, so you have you've got a range of options there for people yes, whether doing new yes. or, or rich fit. Yes. Now there's another thing too, a dimming. Um, LED lights are notoriously bad for dimming capabilities. Right. Uh, it's sort of like if you're in the um, IT industry and you're, you're, you're just releasing a new, um, a, a new operating system, you'd, you'd probably call it a hidden feature if something didn't work very well. Yeah. A yeah. hidden feature that the consumers on the beta test will discover. Well, the same thing, LED lighting um, is fraught when it comes to dimming. Right. And there's a lot of LED light, a lot predominant amount of product on the market doesn't dim very well uh-huh. uh, and it doesn't dim very well in many different ways two of which uh, one it just doesn't dim enough yeah and two when it does dim it's unstable it starts to flicker right when right. you turn your jug on in the in the kitchen and all your led lights in the lounge room start to flicker right. this is not uncommon yeah right and it's uh, so another thing and very important for the consumer is to look on the box to see whether the company that is um, selling the product has written on the box which dimming modules from which companies work uh, with this product. Okay. So it's not enough just to say, because quite a lot of them just say dimmable. Yeah, uh, dimmable by what? Because right. there's dozens of different dimming modules out there. Like right. You know, the many different brand names, the, yeah. the usual of HPM and PDL and Clipsal and yep. all of them. Um, uh, and they make different dimming modules. Right. Now, the person, the company selling this product or the company that manufactures or imports this product, have they actually done due diligence? Have they tested their lights with the dimming modules on the New Zealand right. market? Odds are they haven't. And I guess that's another good reason to, to ask your electrician about yeah. your lights because most people wouldn't have a clue. No. I wouldn't know what, no, what wouldn't. kind of module my dimmers are. Very much. It's just a round knob on my, on my wall. And... And if it's a new build too, um, and let's say you're going with a PDL 600 series, which is a very you know, stock standard yep. type of dimming module, have these lights been tested with, a, in our case, yes, we, we test every dimming module on the market and we actually write the, the, the best dimming modules for our lights, we write them on the box. Right. Um, I, sorry to say I've yet to see any other companies representing products in New Zealand that do that. Mm. And they should. They should mm. all be doing that. Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess that the the other benefit of of Switch is that you you are here predominantly, so that you you know the local market really well. Well, yeah, just kind of importing whatever. That's, that's true. Yeah, I mean, as a local manufacturer, we we certainly got our finger on the pulse a bit yeah. more than the, t- the typical importer. But that is that is something that. Um, if it just says dimmable, you, you must inquire before you purchase that product. You phone the company that's importing the product and say, dimmable with what? Yeah, right. 
And and if the, if there's a sort of a pregnant pause on the end of the phone, well, you know you haven't got a very good company. Well, they just say a dimmer. Yeah, well, it's just patently un, it's untrue because there's a lot of dimmers that don't work. So can we have a look at uh, yeah, sure. some of these ones? So um, what I'll do, because I haven't set it up on a above, I'll, I'll keep it at sort of um, slightly offset on angle. Sure, yeah. Now, there's a typical 110 degree beam angle. So right. 110 degree half strength. It actually means, uh, if you can see, it's actually shining light almost at 180 degrees. Right, so perpendicular to the to the board there. Exactly. It's, it's shining pretty bright on the wall. Pretty bright. Adjacent to it, yep. And, and so this is a, a functionally, it's a very good retrofit light because it does what, in this form factor, because this is a 100 millimeter, 110 millimeter cutout. Uh, so you tend to be, if the people have got in their house um, the old-fashioned um, uh, incandescent recessed lights, yep. this is a type of light that will be produced, quite right. a wide-angle light. It's, it's a similar-sized hole. Similar-sized light. Similar-sized light. Yep. Uh, the one thing you have to be very careful of with these wide-angle lights, because they're more glary than a focus beam, you have to, you have to know that they're going to dim well. Right, and that, that's an important okay. principle. If you, if you have a dimmer circuit, if, yeah, and if not, you odds are you probably want to put one on. Oh, okay. Um, yep. It's not a hard thing to do. Right, it's very easy. So that's a that's a glary but very functional light. Now, th this light here, um, we're running this at thirteen watts. It's over one um, one thousand two hundred lumens, so it's actually very very efficient light. You could potentially put one of them in a single bedroom. That's all you'd need. Right. Do lumens compare at all to what people are used to thinking in terms of wattage for a not really no they no. don't not really no, no uh, easy oh, well, I suppose you could you could say that the type of light output of this you would need to be putting greater than a hundred watt incandescent um, um, in a ceiling fitting to get a similar amount of light output. Right, so greater a, than a hundred. It'd be more than just a regular hundred yes, watt bulb. Absolutely. Yeah, which is it, quite bright. It is very much so. A thousand lumen output is is right on the button for a wide angle light like this. You don't want much more in residential. It just gets yeah, too well, clear. it's more than because a hundred hundred watts used to be about the max you'd want in a yeah inside that's right. somewhere. Okay. Now what I'm going to show you now is the difference between color rendering. I think um, if I put this down here. So what is that? A so stand, standard piece of it's timber flooring. It's a bit of mahogany. Yeah. Um, that's been lightly oiled. Um, is it? Is it a bit glary for you that mahogany? Um, can you see it? Yeah, it's, I can see some reflectance okay, of it. There you go. That's a bit better now. Yeah. Now, if I turn this light on, it's an entirely different colour. It's a richer exactly color with with much less uh, shine. Yeah, sort of glaring. Back. So what you're seeing there is a 97 CRI. Now you on mass it looks startlingly different. So if you had ten fittings in a room illuminating a beautiful polished floor, yeah, with 80 CRI, wow, appear more washed out. Yeah. 97 CRI, rich and vibrant. So, so are they the same... Same light output. Wow, same lumens. Same lumens. And same angle. Same beam angles. Everything's the same. It's, it's the same CRI. fitting. Wow. Yeah, just so CRI. I mean, that's amazing. You're right, it is washed out with that yeah. lower. So it's now, 80, and then going back to the... 
was it 90? 97. 97. I can imagine if you, if you had a whole room full of those, it would be quite yeah. a different experience. Now, if you've got if you've got something with reds, have you got a magazine with lots of reds in it? Or even your... I've got some flowers. Yeah, okay. Should we take one of those in the floor? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's the 80. So it's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big difference. Yeah. It's so much more colour. There's one other one other form of dimming I'd like to talk uh, just sure. mention uh, to mitigate the glare factor, um, or to help mitigate it. Still, uh, with a wide angle light, what we are starting to do, and I'll I'll um, find the light. Uh, yeah, here it is. Um, what we're doing is we're putting two high CRI chips in this light. Um, and oh, wow. what we're doing is an interface between the two. So at 3000 Kelvin on full power, it looks just like your normal light. Yeah. But when you turn the light down, it goes warmer and warmer and warmer to a candle. So it's dimmed immensely down to 2000 Kelvin. So it's warmer wow. than... So it's changing the temperature as yeah. well as the intensity. Intensity. And, and it's very smooth as well. Very smooth. I've, yeah, you know, I've got some... Some cheaper models up there, and they they don't dim. They no. don't respond very well, no. and, then, and then they'll sort of drop out and sort of flicker away. Whereas that seems very smooth. Well, I often walk, I often go and um, demonstrate this to um, in, to wholesalers and contractors by taking a panel of different dimming modules along, so I can switch them over, right, and show. Um, you know, m many different. So this one you're seeing now is a Clipsol um, product. The one you saw before was a PDL. Um, but it's making no difference to no, the, uh, pretty that, much in no. that instance. Yeah. But that's because you've done the work to make that compliant with a, with a and range our, of... And our switching power supplies are, are right. a superior product. So is anyone else doing anything like that with, with two chips in there and, and having that nice transition? Not in the New Zealand market. There's some companies that are importing what is like um, a cheap RGB type system we've got. Um, red, green, blue diodes, and it's an interface between them, but that plays havoc with the colour rendering. Right. So right. you do have an effect of colour temperature change, but then your colour rendering goes out the window. Right. Everything looks right. strange. And I guess this is really important because the reason why you'd want to dim would be to reduce the intensity but have a, a warmer, yeah. um, more cosy feel, but still... Be able to see the colours. Absolutely. And and that would that that's would exactly do what that. this does. Yeah. So this is deep dimming. That's why we call it sunset dimming and not just colour changing. I can imagine that being being pretty effective in a in a dining room, for example. Very much so. Um, so if you're in a retrofit situation and you've got large holes in your ceiling and you want to put a nice high colour rendering product above your dining table, this is a perfect product because yeah. it dims down just. Uh, it dims down enough that you could actually light candles and still see the candles. They yeah. would still be effective, but the actual ambient colour is that of a candle. Yeah. Yeah. And just finally, I, with regards to price, I imagine it's a bit of a premium for, for quality upfront. Sure. But that's going to be worth it if you know... Yeah, uh, absolutely. absolutely. And you're going to get a high quality yeah. Yeah. performance and a, and a high quality experience as well. Yeah. It's not just about how... How it looks, but how it, how it makes you feel inside the house. Absolutely, and and I mean the difference between a, a there is a difference between a, a fifteen dollar light and a fifty dollar light. There yeah. is definitely. I mean everybody recognises that with motor vehicles. Yeah. 
Um, but there's this sort of happy medium where it's a sort of the it's above the middle price, but it's below the absolute crazy high price. Yeah. Somewhere in there is a good place to be yeah. for a product which is potentially going to potentially outlast your your tenure of the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so for a house, the payback time using our products, quality products that are going to last decades. Um, the payback time in a typical residential um, in a lounge room or a kitchen mm. um, is a matter of a couple of years. Is that swapping out from incandescents yeah. to LEDs? Yeah. Do you, would you find energy. that some people are at the stage now where they're swapping out from CFLs to LEDs? Oh, we get a lot of people swapping out poor quality LEDs to good quality LEDs. Right. This is happening a lot. Right. And compact fluorescents, to be honest, I don't see so many of them in the market now. I I know that you're fairly modest about about switch, but uh, do a little bit of a plug for it. Where where can people find out more about switch lighting and and what you guys do? Um, sw- Switch-lighting.co.nz. Uh, we've got a very comprehensive website. Uh, all the electrical wholesalers in New Zealand represent our products. I would like to think that most of the electricians in New Zealand know our products pretty well. Yeah. An awful lot of them have used them. Uh, yes, just go online. Uh, we've got reps in all the major centres, and um, that would be the first course of action. Great. Yeah. David Mortzel there from Switch Lighting. And as David pointed out, you can check out their whole range at Switch dash lighting.co.nz that's switch dash lighting.co.nz i will put a link and some pictures in the write-up for this episode which will be at homestylegreen.com forward slash 152 that's 152 for episode 152 thank you very much once again to proclimber who make this show possible you can check them out at proclimber.com .co.nz or proclimate.com and as I said at the top of the show you definitely should be talking to them if you've got any uh, concerns or any questions about having an airtight uh, envelope or even just a, an envelope that you know is going to perform very well and that's what you want because we're all about having places that are better to live in. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, uh, I'd love it to you to share that uh, either directly or you can put a review or a rating over on iTunes. We'd love that so we can spread the word. And I'd love to hear from you too. You can always email me, matthew at homestylegreen.com. Thank you very much for tuning in. Coming on uh, next week, we've got some great more interviews with uh, architects and designers from around New Zealand and the world. In the meantime, go make a better place to live.